You are listening to Secrets of Analytical Leaders. People don't want to be changed. They want to implement change themselves. Welcome, everyone. Dwayne Washington is back this week for part two of his Secrets of Analytical Leaders podcast with Eckerson Group. Last week, Dwayne and I discussed the role of the CIO, and this week we will talk about the keys to IT success. Dwayne is a senior consultant with 20 plus years of experience in BI and analytics in over two dozen verticals. He is the former BI manager at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport and the current CIO at the Business of Intelligence. He is also the author of the book, Get in the Stream, The Ultimate Guide to Customer Adoption, and his data warehousing and mobile solutions implementations have been featured in CIO Magazine and the Wall Street Journal. Dwayne is also a sought-after speaker and mentor for organizations striving to leverage BI and analytics to meet business goals, thus earning him the title BI Pharaoh. Welcome back, Dwayne. It's good to be back, Henry. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Um, How should an IT team define success? Um, I think an IT team should define success outside of themselves. I think that they, you know, we've talked about before blurring the lines between IT and the business. And when you've allowed the business to be successful, whether that's moving the bottom line from a financial perspective, whether that's um, allowing people to be more efficient, um, whatever that is, um, you should define success by them. If you're training more people, if you're empowering more people. I remember one time we had a team and there was a, uh, there were two guys that they were responsible for putting together a report. Now, of course, their job was more than just putting together a report, but here are these two guys that spent two weeks every month together, um, so effectively a full man year, just to put together this monthly report. And so we were able to automate that report and literally take away 100% of the manual need and freed up an entire man year so that those people could get to the business of what they were hired to do instead of just putting together some type of um, report and spending all their time doing that. That's one of the things that would definitely define success. And so whenever you're moving the bottom line for your customer, whether it be time, um, hard dollars from a budgetary perspective, then you can call yourself successful. But remember, you're only successful as your last implementation or your next implementation, if you, if you will. So you want to make sure that you don't just rest on a success that you had last week, last month, or last year, but you're striving forward to answer those brand new business questions that are coming up. Right. So should IT have a, you know, a consistent top three goals, or is it more of a rotating goal that you're always chasing after? Well, when we look at IT as a whole, there are some things that are extremely important. There, there is one goal that I have. I call it the UAE, and it's number one, is the system up? And we always talk about uptime. Is the system up? And that's for the U. The A is, is it accessible? A lot of times we'll say, yeah, the system was up, and we'll say, no, we had no downtime. But for whatever reasons, our users couldn't get to it. So if they can't get to the solution, then that's not included. So just because you had the system up, if they couldn't access it, then that doesn't count. And then we want to have something that's a little bit tougher to define, a little tougher to, to, um, to, to track as a metric. But if you have it down as, as one of your goals, you'll find that you'll be able to reach it. And that's easy. It has to be easy for people to use. A lot of times we'll put together a solution that it is up, it's accessible, and it works. It's sufficient, but it's not easy to use. And that's one of the reasons users don't use it. So UAE 
is very important to an IT organization. Are your systems up? Are they accessible? And are they easy to use for your users? I think that no matter what you put together, that those three things are going to be congruent. They're going to be a staple as far as the solutions that you put out for your, um, for your organization. So it could be as simple as a network. Was the network up? Was it access accessible? Was it easy for people to send things back and forth? So for example, it could be up and it could be accessible, but it may take 30 minutes to send an email back and forth and be extremely slow. Well, then that's not, that's not satisfying the needs of the customer. So if you use that UAE uh, across the board, you'll find that universally it's a good gauge of how impactful uh, your implementation is. If, if the UAE is the goal, do you have some strategies, best practices that you would suggest to attain that? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the best strategy is to track it, you know, to literally track it. So, and that's in every aspect of what you do. Are you tracking your uptime? Are you tracking your accessibility? And then people say, well, it's hard to track if it's easy or not. Not really. Just ask your customers. Are you sending them surveys dealing with uh, IT performance? Um, are you sending them surveys dealing with the IT help desk? Is it a help desk or is it a no help desk? So are you doing the same things that you're empowering your users to do, especially from a BI perspective, uh, doing reporting, engaging, and trending, are you doing that same thing for your IT organization, making sure that you are a partner to the business? So from a best strategies perspective, it's, the concept is very simple. You track it. You track it and you trend it, and you show it back to not only your executive management, but you show it to your downline as well to say, hey, guys, this is how we're doing things such as your, your ticket close rate. And not only are you closing tickets and closing the right tickets on time, um, but you're looking at the types of tickets that are coming in and saying, hey, what can we do to eliminate these types of tickets coming in? For example, you may notice that a lot of people are calling in because they forgot their password and you're having to do a password reset. Well, create something that allows them to do a password reset themselves so they don't have to spend time calling IT. So whenever you are actively tracking this and serving your customers with love and care, then those answers should just jump out at you. Is it up? Is it accessible? And it's easy. And so from a best practice perspective, just track them and ask your customers how you're doing on those metrics. They'll let you know. Yeah, the customers will tell all, I suppose. <laughs> they don't have an <laughs> issue telling you at all. <laughs> um, yeah. In, in your experience, what are the, the top three uh, pitfalls or things that IT does that they should avoid doing? Um, number one is attitude towards the customer. I, I would say that's the number one thing. The, the feeling that um, the customer should be privileged that you even exist. You know, um, that, that attitude um, will just trump and destroy any solution that you come up with. And I've seen it so many times. I've seen it at the low levels from just DBA and network admins all the way up to CIOs having the same attitude. And it is, it's not one of cooperation. We, we talked last week from starting from a yes instead of starting from a no. That attitude toward the customer is number one. Ignoring the customer needs is number two like literally just not paying attention and not listening to what they are really needing. And it goes beyond just looking at a request on a piece of paper, going down and spending time with them, sitting where they sit, and truly understanding the customer and what they do. 
uh, and not ignoring when they bring you a problem or solution. You know, um, IT people have a have a uh, have a saying that the problem is between the keyboard uh, and the and the screen. Hmm. In other words, <laughs> yeah. the customer is the issue. Now, of course, there are a lot of times when problems arise and it is a user issue. Um, but look beyond that. Is it really a user issue or is it a lack of training issue? I mean, did you train them to do exactly what they're doing um, or did you just throw some software at them and expect for them to, to be able to make it happen? So number one would be um, uh, just literally the attitude towards the customer. Number two would be ignoring the customer altogether. Uh, and number three would be just that, not properly um, putting people in positions to be able to be successful. You know, a lot of times when I do a conference, I will start the conference out and I will say, I will hold up a $100 bill. And I'll ask people, how many of you guys would love to have this $100 bill? And of course, hands go up everywhere. And then I'd say, what would you tell me and what would you do if I told you that I took some money, I put it in an envelope, and I taped it to the bottom of one of these seats. <laughs> and one of you guys is sitting in the seat right now. And they say, oh, we start looking for it right now. I said, well, I actually did take some money, put it in the envelope, and taped it to the bottom of one, one of these chairs, and someone is sitting in it right now. And you should see people with their you know, $2,000 <laughs> suits on, get it on the floor, looking <laughs> under the, the seats, and, and somebody does find it. And, you know, and everyone claps and the whole nine. And the reason I do that is what I wanted to bring out from an IT perspective is that we always say change is hard, change is tough, you know, it's, it's hard to get people to change. And, and I wanted to prove something is that I'm pretty positive that these people hadn't crawled on the floor all day, <laughs> probably all week since they've been at the conference, right? So this is a change. And not right. only is it a change, it's probably one that I couldn't have begged them to do if I said, hey, everybody get down on your knees and crawl on the floor, <laughs> okay, because that just sounds stupid. But yet you have these grown people on the floor looking under the seats, and, and check this, Henry, I didn't ask them to do that. I never said, get on the floor and look under your seats. I never said that, right? And I, I, yeah. tell, I talk about that to bring out change, even though they changed they didn't have a problem with change, and they changed immediately, and they changed without me asking. So the question is, well, why did they do that? Because, number one, I gave them something definite that they can understand. They understand money. I gave them, I gave them an opportunity to have something they want. They want the money. And then I told them where it can be found. And so they set a path to go get it and change themselves. Right? Right. It's, not that, it's not change people don't like. They don't like to be changed. They don't want me to come in and force something upon them. Right. However, if I'm giving them a path to greatness from something they already want, and the only way I can know they wanted that is because I understand who they are and what their needs are, what their pain points are. So if I'm offering something that they already want and they already need, and I just give them, a, uh, give them where it is, they will set the path to get there. But a lot of times in IIT, we don't do that. Right? We just yeah. throw solutions at people. And, and just for, for my IT friends that are listening, let's just say that you, you have implemented um, MicroStrategy and you have an entire MicroStrategy shop for your reporting tool, and that's what you guys use. And a user goes to a Tableau conference, and they come back. Uh, they go Monday through Wednesday, and they come back Thursday, and they tell you, Mr. IT person, that we have been to a Tableau conference. It's going to be great. We're going to implement Tableau. 
Um, you're going to get training on it on Monday and Tuesday. We're replacing all the all the uh, microstrategy stuff with Tableau. Well, you as an IT professional would not appreciate that, right? And you you would go kicking and screaming, and you give 50 million reasons to not do it. Why? Because someone's trying to change you instead of you changing. Not saying microstrategy is better than Tableau or Tableau is better than microstrategy. They both have their places in the market. But the point is people don't want to be changed. They want to implement change themselves. So that's not, a, that's not where the issue is. So make sure that when you're um, bringing solutions that you bring them, that uh, bring solutions that people want, that they know about, and that they care about. So um, even worse, if they came back and didn't tell IT, and then on Monday morning, Rocket Strategy is gone and Tableau just shows up, and we wonder why when we do other people like that, they're upset about it, and they don't want to adapt and adopt the solution that we gave them. Go back and look at how you actually roll that out. Did you just come up with something that you thought was a better idea and threw it out the business, or is it something that they really and truly wanted? So think about that. So those three things. So yeah. um, ignoring the customer, the attitude towards the customer, and um, the way that we roll out new solutions. So those first two really are, you know, those are directed towards the IT team. How do you begin to build a successful IT team? You start with the right people. I mean, it is, it is definitely the number one thing that you want to do. Um, hungry, humble, and smart. We talked about that and, and being smart, and not intellectually, but socially uh, intelligent. Mm -hmm. Starting with the right people, and that's even the, the right person at the top. Nowadays, you, you can't just have a hardcore programmer as a CIO. I mean, he's got to be a savvy guy. He's got to be able to have vision. He's got to be able to build a team and create a team and, and navigate a team and give them space to fail. And also, he's got to be able to um, befriend all aspects of the business, both from a peer perspective and from an executive board perspective, and break things down in ways that are understandable. No one wants to hear about your AWS implementation in the cloud. What they want to know is that now you'll be able to tell proactively who's about to quit before they quit and do something about it. So being able to come up with solutions that are um, that are understandable to the business but maybe high-tech on your side. So yeah. to build that team, you need the right people, put them in the right place. Um, and, and, and once again, I talk about this all the time, give them space to fail, right? Um, people have written books called, you know, Fail Faster. Um, for me, failure doesn't exist. It only exists if you quit. If you, didn't, if you don't quit, you just found another way to not do it. Right. So give them space to do that. Trust the people that you hire after you hire people that you trust. So number one is getting the right people. So you've kind of mentioned, you know, it's, it's important to integrate IT with the business and understand each other. On the extreme ends, what happens when you do or don't integrate IT with the business? When you do integrate IT with the business, and I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I remember I, I got a business VP that got a call one time, and he turned around and called me directly. He said, hey, Dwayne, uh, I got a call from this company and I think this is software that we can utilize. I talked to my team about it, and they want to give us a demo, but I don't want to do this without you being there. Can you be here and let us know is this something that we really need to implement, we really need to go with? Um, and I got that call proactively, and I went in, took a look at it with them, and after the call, after the, the demo, I turned to them and said, hey, look, this is actually a great piece of software. Not only do I think you guys need it, I think we need it more. So instead of you buying it, I'm going to buy it, so you don't have to worry about it coming out of your budget. It'll come out of my budget. 
I'll implement it for you and the rest of the airport as well. You're going to use 10%, but there's about 60% of it we can use for everybody else. So do you think that guy was elated? You know, not only did this guy not, um, um, not roadblock it and tell me the truth, but now I don't even have to worry about it coming out of my budget. Well, if I do tell him that you know, something he doesn't need down the road, he's going to believe me, right? He's not just going to say, well, here's IT throwing up a roadblock again, and here they are. Now, that's what happens on the extremes. And I also have had many occasions where I'm just walking down the hall and a VP or EVP stops me and said, hey, Dwayne, um, it's close to the end of the year. Uh, I've got some money. Um, can, you, uh, can you come help us out? Can you come up with something to help us out? And, you know, how much money you got? Uh, we've got about between sixty dollars and $100,000. I said, okay, cool. So you got $100,000. That's all I hear is <laughs> <laughs> the, the high end of it. So you got $100,000. Okay, let me tell you what we can do, do for you. And the reason I can do that is because I understand that business. So I know where that 100000 can be used from an IT perspective. Now, that's on the good extreme. Let me tell you the bad extreme. The bad extreme is very simple. I remember I was at a conference one time speaking, and there was a gentleman that got up before me that was speaking and was talking about their BI implementation. And they were from a school district in Florida. And it, it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. I was very, very impressed by the implementation. So afterwards, I sat down and I talked with them. And I was surprised to find out that this gentleman was not from IT. He was from the business side. So I was like, that's weird. You know, it's all IT is a tech conference. You guys are from the business side, but you're presenting something that's IT-based. So tell me about your back end. What's your BI team look like? Yeah. You know, what's your, your CIO look like? He said, well, funny story. We wanted to create this. We came to IT, and basically they told us 15 different ways of no. You know, we can't do it. It's going to cost too much. It's going to take too long. Da, da, da. Excuse after excuse after excuse. He said, so what we decided to do is let them all go. And we created it themselves. I said, so you let your BI team go? He said, no. We'll let the entire IT department go. <laughs> a lot of times now, Henry, when I go around the world speaking, um, there's, there's one particular slide that I'll use is that I'll say that CIOs around, my first slide is blank, and I'll say CIOs around the world are hearing one thing consistently this year, and it's this, and then it'll bring up a picture of, of uh, Donald Trump saying you're fired, <laughs> you know, yeah. because that is the extreme, and we're seeing it all over the place, right? So the, the extreme on that side is that you no longer have a gig because the business, if they know, if I can do this technology for my iPhone, they're not going to tolerate too many no's from me. So you've got to be careful now. It's not like it used to be. People are hip to technology. They've got more technology in their back pocket than we had in the, in the biggest, most fancy data center 25 years ago. So that's the extreme. Yeah. You know, is it more up to, or I should say, it, it's important to build cohesion between IT and the business. How much of that is solely up to the IT leadership, the CIO are are individuals in IT really responsible for, you know, building that cohesion? You know, I I would. Uh, this is going to sound a little bit unfair, but I would say a hundred percent of it. Okay. You know, I just haven't seen a bunch of issues when CIOs reach out to the business and say, "I want to be your friend." I, I don't. That doesn't that doesn't cause an issue, because they're so used to IT being closed closet and behind closed doors that the business welcomes that. 
the only issue comes if you start making a bunch of promises and you can't deliver on them, then people will start to stop listening to you. But you're not going to have an issue reaching out and creating that bridge. It's up to you to, to create the bridge to walk across. I mean, it's 100% up to you. And the thing is, there's no requirement for them to walk back across the bridge and understand IT. The, the requirement is for you to walk across the bridge, bridge and understand the business walk back across the bridge to the IT side and come up with a solution that makes sense. So 100% of that is on you. There's, there's no responsibility from a business perspective. Now, you will find, though, once you build that bridge, they will start walking across, just like this gentleman gave me a call and said, hey, look, can you come take a look at this solution uh, our, the vendors are calling us about? So that will happen naturally. But 100% of that bridge building is going to be on you, Mr. CIO or Mrs. CIO. Right. So do IT individ individuals in IT have share any of that responsibility with the CIO? Absolutely. And, and I believe that once the CIO sets the tone, that you won't have that you won't have that problem because people feel. Um, because, I mean, honestly, you have friends that are outside of IT. You do lunch with people outside of IT, hopefully, uh, and you do congregate with people outside of IT. And so um, you're at the gym with folks or you're in the cafeteria or whatever, and so you have these conversations. And if you feel free to have the conversation from an IT perspective, you'll bring those great ideas that grow organically back to your IT organization and let that bubble up and then let the heads begin to speak to make sure that's a priority. But let but let it happen organically. But, but when the CIO sets that tone, yeah. the, the rest of the organization will get it. There's a lot of talk about running IT like a business. Can you explain what that means? Well, it means a couple of different things. Now, I'll take it to the extreme. And in that in a business, you have expenses and you have revenues. Um, you have KPIs. You have things that you're measuring on a regular basis, and you have uh, people that you answer to, your stakeholders. If you look at IT as a business, that, um, and, and I, I realize that some IT organizations may not be able to do what I'm telling you to do. However, I would even say with those, think outside the box. Or let me back up because I don't say think outside the box. Make your box bigger <laughs> so yeah. that people will think that you're thinking outside the box. You just have a bigger box. So. Number one, we're, we're familiar with expenses. That we know. IT is a huge expense on, a, on any company. Uh, but look at, look at what the company gets. I want you to go back and, number one, gauge your performance. Not just IT against IT, but gauge your performance with the business. Go out and survey them. Customers, uh, companies survey their customers all the time, so you should do the same thing. Run it like a business, and are you getting better at certain times? Do people, how do people feel about the service that you bring? How do they feel about the quality? How do they feel about the speed? How do they feel about the cost or the, the, um, the value per the cost that you're offering? Do they feel good about it? Do they feel bad about it? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? How do they rate you? And pay attention to that stuff. That, um, pay attention to that stuff. As Peter Drucker said, what gets um, measured gets managed. And so measure that stuff. And also the other side, the revenue side. You may be able to bring in revenue from your IT organization. And once again, not all IT organizations are set up for this, but even if you're not, I want you to make that box a little larger and say, 
have we created something that brings value outside of the four walls of our organization? If so, can we package that and sell it? Can we sell it as intellectual property? Can we sell it as a piece of software? Can we sell it in cooperation with a third-party organization? You know, I've done all three of these things for organizations that were, from an IT perspective, used to have zero revenue coming in, been able to create things that now went out and was sold on the, on the, um, on the marketplace at large. So if you're going to run it like a business, Think about it like a business. You have revenues, you have expenses, you have ROI, uh, you have uh, customers that need to be satisfied, you have KPIs that you're managing. And I would, I, would, I would express that a lot of CIOs do a great job of managing IT's KPIs, uptime, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the amount of pings that, that servers are getting, the, um, the network activity. Um, the, the users that are utilizing a particular piece of software over time. That's great, you know, the load on your servers. That's great, no problem with that. Continue to do that. But also step outside of the four walls of IT and say, how do customers feel about it? Engage and report that. Um, if yeah. we put out a, a new customer report, for example, are they utilizing it? How are they utilizing it? Um, did we build the right thing? Because they're not utilizing it, we need to go and revamp it or ask them do they know where it is or is it working properly. Um, done right, you can actually almost anticipate what problems are. Um, so I would say that you know when we talk about running as a business, look at the revenues, look at the expenses, look at the ROI, and look at your customer satisfaction. Last question. You know, it sounds like you would probably agree a lot of IT organizations have developed a poor reputation, what should IT's reputation be? IT's rep reputation should be the champion for the business, the engine for the business. If, if you, if you um, walk by a Ferrari, that Ferrari is a good-looking machine. If you walk by a Lamborghini, oh, man, it's a, it's a great-looking machine, a McLaren, <laughs> a, a one to one All of these are phenomenal. Like, you just look at them. They're just great. They're fun to drive. I mean, they hug the road. They just they hug you when you get in them. They're just great vehicles. But if you took the engine out of any one of those vehicles, yeah, it will become just a you know nothing. You know, just a big piece of metal. It's the engine that makes this thing run. It's the it, but you don't see it. You don't see it until you go looking for it. You don't even pay attention to it till it doesn't work. But that engine is the thing that makes that car go. And IT organizations should be that for your entire company. You are the engine that makes that thing go. Imagine what Amazon would be without an IT organization. I mean, think about that. Like, like if you think about all the things that they do that you don't even pay attention to. Like, uh, I could go on Amazon and search something on, on my computer, and then I can grab my phone and pull up Facebook, and the same thing that I search for is in my Facebook uh, uh, feed. <laughs> yeah. Like literally in seconds, it's right. right there. Somebody had to make that happen. You know, some some IT person, some someone had to have the ingenuity to say, we can do this, we can make it happen. You don't see those people. Uh, imagine all the technology that goes into Facebook. You know, at the time when Tim was the the um, the CIO for Facebook, he showed me something that looked like a world map. Uh, and it looked like lights that were lighting up all over, like he had continents lighting up over the world. And I'm like, okay, so cool picture. What's the big deal? He was like, Dwayne, this is not 
a picture of the world. This is not a world map. He said, every light is a Facebook user. <laughs> and it's on almost every inch of the planet. Right. Well, what kind of systems do you need to be able to run that properly? Once again, you don't see them. You know, you don't, you know, you, you wouldn't even know who the CIO was. But they're there and they're the engine of the organization. How many times have you gone to Google and it was down? <laughs> Google's not available. <laughs> Sorry, we can't do it. Right. So it's that engine. We don't pay attention to it until it stops working. But that's what IT organizations should be for the company. They should be that engine that keeps that company purring. And it, it should be so seamless that people don't even realize it's there until they go looking. Sounds like IT is the uh, invisible hero. The invisible hero. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for being on, Dwayne. That's, that, uh, that'll be the title of my new book, The Invisible Hero. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. I'll give you credit for it. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you want more content from business intelligence to data management to data science, browse through the Eckerson Group website at eckerson.com.